Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Ave Geeks podcast. I'm Flight Corporal Jack Anderson, and I'm here with Flight Corporal Nadim Algazar. Hello, everyone. And Flight Corporal Aiden Paul. How's it going? And as always, we are going to be your hosts. Now, for this week's episode of the Ave Geeks podcast, we have a fairly interesting idea. So a few weeks ago, we sent out a form uh, asking for any suggestions for any episode ideas. Now, we only got one suggestion, and that suggestion was to look into a famous air crash or air uh, accident and do an investigation on it and say what our theories are for what happened. So for tonight's episode, we are going to be talking about the disappearance of Amelia Earhart, which is probably one of the most famous disappearances in aviation history. For sure. Tonight, we turn into detectives. We retire as flight corporals. That is correct. All right, so first of all, let's give a bit of background information about Amelia Earhart. So she was born on the 24th of July, 1897 in Kansas. She started taking flight lessons in 1921 at the age of 24. In 1928, she became the first woman to fly across the Atlantic. Four years later, in 1932, she became the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic and the second person overall only being beaten by Charles Lindbergh. That same year, she broke the world record for longest flight completed without refueling, flying from Los Angeles, California to Newark, New Jersey. Then another three years later in 1935, she became the first woman to fly solo across the Pacific. This is actually part of what shocked investigators when this case first came out. How could an aviator with the experience of Amelia Earhart just go missing? She was a seasoned veteran, so it shocked people when she went missing. And that's quite understandable. I mean, after so much experience and already being breaking records as a woman, I mean, obviously you don't expect someone to go missing. So, right. Exactly. This combined with the theory, this combined with all the evidence, it makes like no sense, right? Exactly. Now, with all of that said, let's talk a little bit about what she was doing at the time of her disappearance. So in 1937, she decided that she wanted to become the first female pilot to circumnavigate the world. This trip would be approximately 29,000 miles and would have taken her 40 days to complete, which is almost a month and a half. Think about that really quickly. I know that you probably think it's the worst thing in the world when you're flying on a five or 10 hour flight. Imagine flying for a month and a half. I mean, it could be a bit different because, you know, you're breaking records as you go and you're flying pretty well solo. So but that would probably know, be go insane just, when you're flying solo for that long. Well, I mean, she did have uh, her navigator with her, Fred Noonan. But still, just imagine sitting there at the controls of a plane doing pretty much nothing else for a month and a half. That would get tedious very quickly. Yeah, I agree. All right. So... Uh, they started and finished in California, and during this trip, there would be many legs over bodies of water. That is going to be important for later. Now, Earhart and her navigator, Fred Noonan, began their journey on the 21st of May, 1937, in Oakland, California. Now, on the 2nd of July, which was 42 days into their trip, they departed from Lae, New Guinea. The aircraft was fully loaded with fuel, about 1,000 pounds worth as this was expected to be one of the longest legs yet. Their destination was the small Howland Island, about 18 hours away. So 
everyone when they hear 18 hours they think oh it's the other side of the world no this was a very slow plane it was a, a very small leg of the trip but it was going to be one of the longest just because of how slow this plane flew back then and keep in mind this is 1937 not 20 or at least like 1980 when they had planes that could go pretty well like a good chunk of the world in 18 hours like it's and it wasn't like a military aircraft it's not going super fast and it's not very maneuverable either so exactly right you could pretty sure the military is correct the a flight from new york city to sydney is about 18 hours today Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just imagine that flying all the way around the world takes the same amount of time that it took Amelia Earhart to fly this tiny little destination back in the 30s. Now, during this flight, the radio operator in the LIA control room noticed that the headwinds were much higher than expected, which could have an effect on the aircraft's speed, fuel consumption, and their ability to navigate. He radioed this information to Earhart three times over the course of two hours with no response. A few hours later though, she finally gave a response stating that everything seemed to be okay. One hour after this transmission, she reported that they had climbed from 7,000 feet to 10,000 feet. Investigators are still unsure of why she did this as it would have taken more fuel to climb up that high. It has been yeah. estimated that as they approached Howland Island, their aircraft was likely down to only 97 gallons of fuel. Near the island was the U.S. Coast Guard ship, the Itasca, who was given the job of relaying all of her radio communications. It is believed that Earhart and Noonan came very close to their ship as their signal got stronger and stronger, to the point where the radio operator left his post to go up on deck and look for them. Earhart was even quoted in one of her last ever transmissions, quote, we must be on you, but cannot see you, end quote. Mm. After... Oh, sorry, you're gonna say something there. This, yeah, like I always found this be kind of interesting, simply because of the fact that they, well, first of all, obviously Earhart and the Itasca they should have been able to see each other. She was at ten thousand feet, which I, which if I'm sure is correct, is below the clouds most of the time. Exactly. And, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, it is. It is interesting, and it's sort of, sort of fishy. I feel like I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like maybe. Uh, it was a larger force at play. Well, I feel like fairness, Noonan though, had a part in this, like, I don't know, maybe he... What do you I'm mean kind of Noonan <laughs> had a part in this? What, what could Noonan have done? I, I'm not very sure, but I feel like the person trying to spot her is, like, is, has a bit of problems here. The Coast Guard? You think the Coast Guard has problems? Well, I don't think, like, like, like Corporal Paul said, he should be able to see her i mean maybe there crazy. was clouds in the way maybe there's something wrong with the radio we don't know but <laughs> okay <laughs> it's a bit fishy i still think yeah all right so after this she also radioed saying quote gas is running low end quote her final message was sent at 8 43 a.m local time saying quote we are on the line 157 337 running north and south. We'll repeat this message. We'll repeat this message on 2610 kilocycles. Wait, end quote. I have to admit that wait right at the end, that just wait, that 
that makes me believe that maybe something came out of nowhere, like uh, a bird flew up or something, or like uh, the aircraft suddenly changed altitude. Because like you're just talking normally, then wait. That does seem very suspicious right there. That, yeah, I have to agree with that. Something probably showed up or something happened. And then mm-hmm. she said, wait, because no one says wait in, like at the end of a sentence unless you're, like, you're confused about something or something happened. So right. Exactly. And even more suspicious is that during these final messages, her voice was described as being frantic or even panicked. And after this, Earhart and Noonan were never officially heard from again. Keep that in mind. Never officially heard from again. That's going to be important later. Mm-hmm. So when they didn't arrive at Howland Island, the Itasca was ordered to search the surrounding waters. On the 7th of July, the Navy battleship USS Colorado arrived to help with the search. Soon after, the aircraft carrier USS Lexington arrived and searched until July 18th. Despite all of the manpower searching the region, Earhart Noonan and their plane were never seen again. Not even 80 years later have there been any discoveries. One of the main reasons that officials have pointed out is that the water surrounding Howland Island sorry, can reach as far as 18,000 feet deep, making any recovery very difficult. To put that into perspective, the Titanic sits at a depth of 12,600 feet. So compared to Compared to Amelia Earhart, the Titanic is not deep at all. Right. For sure. And I was going to mention something, but yeah, you brought, like, I'm glad that you put in that 18,000 feet because I was going to say the waters sort of near the, the Pacific in that area are obviously very deep. And like, I don't think we, like, I don't even know if we've been, like, I probably, we've probably been down there in some major, major equipment, but you're not searching the whole ocean floor of that ocean just to find a plane and you it will probably won't be found. I mean, I'm not sure if that thing is still in, intact, but exactly right. not to mention the Titanic, like you said, Titanic was, was, I'm sorry. The Titanic is, bur- is not buried. Um, it sank to uh, about 12,000 feet deep. You said, right. Um, yeah. the Titanic was discovered in 1985. It exactly. sank in 1912. Took him a yeah. long time to discover that thing. Right. But to put that into perspective also, if they crashed into the ocean, their plane would have sank deeper than they were flying at the time of their disappearance. That's right. Which is crazy, yeah. Now, with all that information out of the way, let's talk about some of the theories. So we've arranged these sort of in the most rational and most accepted to the most far out there, put on the tinfoil hats kind of thing. So first of all, the theory that is the most widely accepted by investigators is that Earhart and Noonan crashed into the ocean and died on impact. This is backed up by the fact that neither the remains or the remains of their aircraft were ever officially found. Again, I'm saying officially that is going to be important later. Anytime you hear officially during this, just think, oh, something's not what it seems to be or something like that. Now, the next theory is that they landed on the small island of, uh, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Nakumaroro. Ooh, that was hard to pronounce, but it is nearby to Howland Island. So this island was on the line 157-337 that they had reported being on. So they had reported being on that line. That island is also on that line. Now, 
Sometime between 1939 and 1940, a British expedition sent to the island found the remains of a campsite as well as a sextant, which is a tool used for navigation. Even more shockingly, a partial human skeleton as well as 12 additional bones were discovered. When they were analyzed by a doctor in Fiji, however, he came to the conclusion that they belonged to a man who was short, well-built, and of European descent, which ruled out both Earhart and Noonan. Strangely, after coming to this conclusion, the doctor had these remains incinerated, which prevented scientists from performing other tests on them. Yeah, gotta love uh, 1940s doctors. It ain't them, so let's incinerate them so we can't do any more tests on them. Yeah, that, that's a little fishy too. That, that is, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna make, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna make this investigation way harder for the next 80 years. Goodbye, Bones. <laughs> yeah, like even, even if you can't figure it out, one day there might be technology that can prove who it was. Even if it wasn't Earhart and Noonan, it would still be good to know who those belong to, don't you think? There are still bones on the island. <laughs> there are? Yeah. No, there's, I mean like those bones that, they, that I oh, meant. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, I was gonna still, say, that's... Like somebody that, still died on that island. Yeah. yeah. I still want to know who that was, even if it wasn't them. Um, so one interesting thing to note is that scientists who have read his report and seen the measurements of the bone have pointed out that they could have also belonged to a taller than average woman. This is even more interesting when you know that Earhart was five foot eight compared to five foot three, which was the average female height in 1937. So she was pretty tall for the time. Like, sure. yeah. That's the average height of males nowadays, I think, in Canada. No, no, I think that's the uh, average height of females, but... Um, no, average still. female height is like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. She's still tall even for today's standards. Okay, but still, yeah. Yeah. That's And then a shorter than average man would be around about maybe 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, so yeah, if she was 5'8", that definitely could be mistaken for a shorter than average man. Mm -hmm. Not only that but she was the daughter of European immigrants. So she came from European descent. So that also could have been her. And they burned the bones. They burned the bones. Why? Because why not? <laughs> yeah, why not burn the bones? <laughs> right, but it has also been pointed out, why was there only a partial human skeleton there? Well, it has been speculated that this was because of the coconut crabs that inhabit the island. They're called so because of their strong claws, which give them the ability to break open coconuts. It has been theorized that these crabs may have carried away their bodies and eaten them. And for anyone who thinks that a crab could not eat a human, these ones typically grew up to three feet wide and are the largest land-based arthropods in the world. Yeah, if you if you look it up, like they are horrifying. They're they're very scary. They look like um, like almost like massive spiders. But seriously, look one up. They are horrifying. So it is not hard to believe that they could have eaten them. I I do not see that hard to believe at all. Yeah, I agree. Those things don't look good. I'm looking at them right now. Apparently, they're pretty tasty though. I've heard that too, actually. Yeah. Um, Right, well, another interesting thing that was found on the island was a rubber shoe sole from a type of shoe that Earhart had been pictured wearing just days before she went missing. However, they were in a size nine, which would have been too big for her feet. 
this is something that I've always hated about this theory. Like it goes up and down, like, oh, it's definitely this theory. Nope, definitely can't be this theory. Like you hear, oh, they definitely, uh, they found a shoe from, uh, uh, from a type of shoe that she liked to wear. Nope, wrong size for her. <laughs> Gotta love yeah. that. You yeah. never know. She could have been wearing any shoe size. Like, I don't know if that's like, maybe she, she might've, yeah. Or, she might have worn bigger shoes to wear extra socks because back then aircraft weren't pressurized so it would have been a lot colder but exactly. still that is something mm -hmm. confusing that i've always found weird mm -hmm. now interestingly investigators have also found a photo taken after her disappearance they believe shows part of an aircraft's landing gear sticking out of the water another part that was found was a sheet of riveted aircraft aluminium it was believed that this was from the rear of the fuselage near the tail. Strangely, a different group of investigators, Lockheed employees and veteran pilots said that it was definitely not from her plane. Yeah, so again, we found a piece of aircraft aluminum, but nope, can't be her plane. Yeah. Again, that, that, that still is interesting though, because that means a plane crashed on that island at some time. I still would like to know where that aluminium came from or where exactly. that piece of aluminium came from. Yeah, exactly. And they say like, there's all these things that could be, but aren't. And it's so, it's like, they, they made you, it very confusing. Well, how do you prove that that couldn't have been from her plane? I mean, exactly. Like if the plane it, crashed it, on, like, or if the, obviously the plane obviously suffered damage. So I'm not sure how they exactly determined i mean I, I can probably think of a couple ways they could be able to come up with with fear that it wasn't from her aircraft like say for example i, I guess but it, it still does seem suspicious that they could just pick up a piece of aluminium and be like nope not from our plane get rid of it like, yeah, there's there's a lot of suspicious things going on in this case it's very just throw weird. off the bones put in an incinerator <laughs> now it has also been said that the aircraft's radio would have been usable for up to a week after its crash if it had not been submerged. This was in line with the fact that there were low tides during this one week. Now, throughout the week following her disappearance, several alleged radio calls from her were received worldwide. A teenager in the United States heard one of these messages on her ham radio. She reported that it was a female voice saying, quote, this is Amelia Earhart, help me, water is knee deep, let me out end quote yeah okay that's, I, they I just that's made this proof right there they just made this even more confusing like they they have all these maybe nots and then there's obviously someone saying on a radio this is amelia Earhart, but maybe like the girl was lying but i'm not too sure but... like there were people getting getting these so-called real radio transmissions from amelia Earhart, like all over the world People were saying can, that. Can we disprove that it was Amelia Earhart, though? I mean, can Carol, disprove it. But I'm saying exactly. I can guess why they thought that she might that this teenager might have been lying. Like maybe they heard that she was missing, and then they pulled pranks on other people, saying this is. They could have, but like that that sounds like a logical thing that could happen because people are just like that, I guess. Yes. Now the teenager also reported that it sounded like there was. Uh, uh, that she was arguing with a male voice in the background. It sounded like they were very disoriented. Now, the teenager's mm. father reported this to the Coast Guard. However, they didn't seem to take it seriously. Like, as we just said, there were dozens of these reports, and they all reported them to the Coast Guard. 
So even if it is a prank, you would think that the Coast Guard would take it seriously. And they <laughs> should. They I should. Mean, yeah, you would hope they would. I mean, silly. I that's another thing I found suspicious about this. There's a ton of people in here who don't really do their jobs properly. Like um, that doctor burned the bones, Coast Guard not following up on uh, an alleged radio call. Mm-hmm. Those, those are some pretty suspicious things. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yes. even stranger than this, it's probably the strangest of all, was that a Navy aircraft flew over the island on the 9th of July, just one week after their disappearance, and saw nothing. So like, sure, the Coast Guard didn't take action, so the Navy stepped in and did but the Navy didn't find anything, which is weird. So it's like I said before, throughout this theory, people are like, oh, it's them. Nope, not them. Oh, it's them. Like, it is almost impossible to tell what happened on this island or if they were on this island. Now, the next theory has been brought forward by Air Force officials, and it is that Earhart was actually a spy for the U.S. government. It was speculated that Earhart intentionally went missing so that the U.S. military would have an excuse to make flyovers of the nearby Marshall Islands, which had recently been occupied by the Japanese. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if this, if they eventually, well, they obviously won't find out, but I wouldn't be surprised if this was true. Yeah, not gonna lie. It does sound pretty reasonable to me. Well, you're gonna hear in a bit why it isn't very reasonable. But first of all, why it is reasonable. So, Helping this narrative was the fact that the Marshallese locals have claimed that they witnessed her plane land on their island. It is also believed that they were captured and taken as prisoners by the Japanese military. This theory also believes that Earhart and Noonan were released after the war and returned to the United States, taking on alternate personas. Another version of this theory speculates that they were instead executed in a Japanese POW camp. Now, A U.S. Army sergeant claimed that in July of 1944, he met a group of Marines who had been guarding a hangar containing Earhart's plane on the island of Saipan, which had recently been liberated from the Japanese. He then claimed that they had gone on to destroy the plane. However, skeptics have pointed out that with her low reserve of fuel, it is unlikely that she made it to the Marshall Islands, even if this theory was true. What is it with people and destroying crucial evidence in this? I have no idea. Like, well, I mean, if it was a if it was a government cover up, like there were spies, yeah, you would want to destroy that. So that does actually support all these other theories, like um, the aircraft being destroyed. Yeah, you don't want to prove that the government had a partner disappearance. The guy burning the bones, maybe the government told him to do that. Then the Coast Guard not taking these claims seriously, maybe they didn't want to find her. For sure. And if I could add, this actually could be reasonable because I have heard a theory that Amelia Earhart was eventually found like they found her like her grave in China. Like, it's probably not true at all. But you never know, like maybe because of all this spy and spying and theories like she moved to China. Not very sure if that's true. You never know. You never know. Yeah. It is time for the final group of theories. And for these ones, it is time to break out the tinfoil hats. Flight Corporal Paul, thank you for that. I didn't have one prepared, but you sort of do. Now, it has been speculated by some that Earhart and Noonan were the victim 
of an alien abduction. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Yeah. It was so, the alien. Well, this would actually explain the lack of distress calls, the lack of wreckage, or the lack of bodies. But other than that, there is absolutely no proof that this happened. However, mm. one thing that's annoying that people always say to me is, can you disprove that it happened? No, of course I can't disprove that it happened. I will admit that I do believe in aliens, but I don't believe in like the, the flying saucers with little green men coming down to abduct people. That I don't believe in that part of aliens. I do believe there are higher intelligence out there, but that's definitely not them. For sure. I do agree that there's probably something out there, but I don't think that they specifically had an impact on this tragedy. I mean, yeah. that's very unlikely. Like we never, we don't even have proof that these people or creatures exist. And you want to make the conclusion that they were responsible like, for her disappearance. Yeah, I don't However, know. One, one kind of cool thing is that this was. Um, uh, brought up in an episode of Star Trek a while ago. I forget exactly which one because there's like a ton of reboots. There's a ton of different shows, but it was brought up in one of them where they went back and saw Amelia Earhart or something along those lines. That's kind of cool. Now, yeah, that, that is pretty cool. So it's cool that they, uh, they sort of addressed that. Now, the final theory is that after they crashed into the ocean, so this one does believe that they crashed into the ocean, but instead of sinking to the bottom, it believes that they became residents of the lost city of Atlantis. Again, though, this would explain the, uh, the lack of wreckage and of their bodies. But again, there is no proof that it ever happened. But contrary to that, there is no proof that it didn't happen. So again, people can be annoying with this and say, well, could you prove that they aren't living in Atlantis? Isn't Atlantis you know, in Greece? I have no clue where Atlantis is. Some have said it's um, probably in the Bermuda Triangle, but... Um, yeah, no, I, I cannot say. Oh, sorry, you finished what you're sorry, saying. I, no. I, I cannot prove that they're not living in the, <laughs> the city of Atlantis. I mean, what are the chances of that? Like one in a trillion, but no, oh, yeah. I cannot mm -hmm. physically say that, like, with complete certainty that they are not living there. But so that, I'm that's... pretty sure, like, the, the thing that inspired the Atlantis myth was this volcano that went off, like, somewhere in southern Greece, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty uh, sure. So well, this wouldn't well, even make sense. Well, whatever, whatever did cause it, though, uh, we should probably stick to talking about the aviation side of things. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, but whatever caused it, I, I honestly don't think this theory is true. I mean, it could be, but no, I don't think it is. So, There's only like two that I think that, that are pretty might reasonable. Yeah, be, might I think be the true. I think the first two are probably the most likely. Either they um, they crashed into the ocean and they're dead, and we haven't found them because it's so deep, or they landed on an island and a series of unfortunate events destroyed all of the evidence that they landed on that island. For sure, that and maybe very possibly the military spy, but I don't think that one. That one does have a bit of. Uh, grounds to it but yeah definitely the last two the aliens in atlantis i would not take very seriously i mean again i can't disprove that they happened but yeah they they probably didn't happen yeah so i agree overall amelia Earhart was probably one of the greatest and most famous pilots of all time and her disappearance was a tragedy this case has baffled people for well over 80 years and will likely continue to uh, until either their aircraft is found, their bodies are identified, 
where proof of an alien abduction is found. <laughs> just find a, just find a flying saucer right near the Marshall Islands. Yeah, we just need a picture of a UFO, and boom, that's proof enough for me what happened to Amelia Earhart. But with all of that said, that is our time for tonight. We'd like to once again thank you for listening to the Ave Geeks podcast. And just before we go, we would like to have a word from our sponsor. This podcast is made possible by the 102 Squadron Air Cadets. Due to the pandemic, we have been unable to do our normal fundraising this year. So instead, we made a Squadron Cookbook. All three of us are members of the Cookbook Committee and have seen the months of hard work that have gone into it. This book contains recipes for almost every cadet, officer, and member of staff. Books are available for pre-order now, and they can be found on the 102 Squadron website under the Announcements tab, where you can find an order form. These books go towards supporting one of the best youth programs in Canada, and we cannot recommend them enough. With all that said, I'd like to once again thank you for listening to the Ave Geeks podcast. Goodbye, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Have a good one.